Welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And as our special returning guest, we've got... Oh, me, British Andrew. Hey, British Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I am good. I'm full of crumpets and tea and ready to talk about the comics. So, Andrew, last time we had you on, we were discussing the Squadron Sinister and their first appearance in comics, and this time we are discussing the Squadron Supreme miniseries by Mark Grunewald. And, uh... Yes, Squadron Supreme. We like Squadron Sinister, but Supremier. And and not really evil in the same way. Though, I mean, it's yeah. interesting... They're to... actually worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really are. Yeah, it's one of those things I think is worth discussing... And so sort of eschewing the normal format that we've done in the past, we're going to have more of a roundtable-y discussion format, partially because we've all been super busy this week. Devin and I started new jobs slash positions, and it's also like midnight for you, Andrew? Yes. Yes, it is. It is like quarter past eleven. Okay. So we are going to try and make this a interesting... Uh, conversation of nothing else, but we are discussing Squadron Supreme Volume 1, written by Mark Grunwald, with pencils by Bob Hall, inks by John Beattie, colors by Christy Scheel, and letters by Janice Chang, and this takes place on Earth-712, also known as Earth-S, which is not to be confused with the Earth-S from the DC Universe, which is the Shazam Earth. Yes. And Shazam is on Earth? Uh, yeah, there was a while where when he had just been brought back in, uh, he had his own world because they really didn't know a way to combine him into the main DC universe. I did not know that, and now I do. Yep. And, yeah, so Squadron Supreme, if you remember, is the Justice League analog, so like for... Superman, we've got Hyperion for Greg Lantern, we've got Dr. Spectrum. Uh, for Flash, we've got Wizard. For Wonder Woman, we have Power Princess. For Aquaman, we have Amphibian. For Zatanna, we have Arcana Jones. For Hawkman, we've got Captain Hawk, uh, who ends up becoming Blue Eagle. For Captain Atom, we've got Nuke. For Green Arrow, we have Golden Archer, who ends up becoming Black Archer. For Black Canary, we have Lady Lark. For both versions of the Atom, we have Tom Thumb, and then for Batman, we have Nighthawk. Actually, something really cool that, like, what's the Aquaman guy called again? Amphibian. Amphibian, that's right. Something cool that, like, I only recently realized about his name. His name is Kingsley Rice, Mm -hmm. and Aquaman's name is Arthur Curry. So King Arthur, Curry, and Rice... (laughs) (laughs) Ha <laughs> That is nice. It is great. Well, what I figured out was an amazing pun was uh, eventually we're introduced to a character who's a sort of gorilla grod stand-in known as Apex. And I didn't get until later that it was a pun on the words Apex. Yeah, that, that is a good pun. Yeah, which got a few people angry because they just now realized it. All those diehard Apex fans are out there shaking their fists. Well, I mean, the Squadron Supreme series was really big. When Grunewald died, he had his ashes scattered into a printing of the trade. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, talk about putting yourself into your work. Until death. Okay, that got really sad there. But yeah, uh, it's interesting because we have, like, some characters who are really clear analogs, and then there's a bunch where it's like, oh, no, we, we sort of ran out of analogs. Uh, like, later on in the series, we have a bunch of uh, villains show up and a few uh, characters who are analogs to Batman and the Outsiders. So, like, Lamprey is an analog of Parasite, Moonglow is an analog of Halo, Redstone is an analog of Geoforce, Shape is sort of an analog of Plastic Man, Mink is an analog of Catwoman, Master Menace is an analog of Lex Luthor, and Professor Imam is an analog of Dr. Fate. And also we've got even more obscure analogs in Bollocks and Rustler who are analogs for Trickster and Terra Man. Uh, but the basic... Oh, you pronounce his name wrong. His name is Bollocks. Bollocks? Bollocks! Which, for all the British people out there, is a slang term for testicles. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, now we all know something. Yes. And... We're still cute and educated, so... Exactly. And so we're sort of introduced to Earth-712 when it is in trouble. The Squadron Supreme had been hypnotized along with a bunch of government officials, and they basically messed up the Earth, uh, came close to destroying it, and so now the United States are in shambles. And uh, so Hyperion and the other members, except for Nighthawk and Amphibian, decide that, hey... Maybe we should just take over the Earth for a year, and if we can fix it, that's great, and if we can't, we promise to give back our powers. And Amphibian and Nighthawk really aren't down with this. Nighthawk is secretly Kyle Richmond, who is the current president of the United States. And Amphibian is Aquaman, so he's got more important things to do with the dolphins. And, uh... So when Hyperion and the rest of the team are going to announce this, Nighthawk uh, is having this massive debate over whether or not he should kill Hyperion. And he doesn't. And so on public TV, Hyperion and the other members of the team end up unmasking who they are. And then they proceed to fix the country. Happily ever after. Yay! Yay! Except not really, because, I mean, it wouldn't be a very interesting series if everything did go perfectly. And it gets into a lot of uh, discussions that other series, especially Identity Crisis, which is pretty reviled, ended up trying to do and failed at. Like, one of the first things that happens is uh, Scarlet Centurion, who was their big enemy from the future who had hypnotized everyone, basically comes in and Hyperion is basically like, if you come back to our Earth, I will fucking murder you. Yep. And then Scarlet Superior just nopes the hell out. Yeah, he's like, no, no, I can, I can dig it, I can dig it. Uh, but we start having things happen, like uh, Nuke, who is our Captain Adam analog, he's been giving essentially radiation poison to his own family, without them realizing it. And so Nuke ends up turning to Tom Thumb, who's the resident super genius, but he's also sort of the 
joke of the team because he's a small person, even though he has a big mind. And he's like, hey, I need you to try and, like, help me out here. And so, like, the only thing that Tom Thumb is really able to do is to make a suit that will protect other people from his radiation. But his attempts to cure cancer, even going so far as to try and go to uh, Scarlet Centurion in the future, those really fail to bring up any results. They, they do not go well. Nope. Yeah. No cancer cure for him. Although it does end up with, like, probably my favorite bit of the series. Well, like, he basically finds out that in the future, the cure for cancer is basically just, like, really simple antibiotics. Because yeah. everyone's evolved to the point where they resist cancer that much. Yeah, which is a great point, because he, he ends up, uh, Tom Thumb ends up getting cancer. And so he realizes that he might as well try and steal the cure if he can't get it any other way. And, yeah, it, it, it's just, like, nothing that will actually help him these days. And good old Tom Thumb tells no one he got the cancer. Mm-hmm. And so Nuke ends up going crazy, and Dr. Spectrum, who's sort of a jerk, just like Hal Jordan, tries to track him down... And Nuke is just off the deep end. He's lost his family. He's worried about having to live his entire life in the suit. And so as uh, Dr. Spectrum tries to calm him down, he ends up, like, choking him uh, by capturing him in a, uh, like, energy chrysalis until he runs out of oxygen. But that wasn't what he meant to do. And so for the rest of the time, he's haunted by this murder that he's committed against a person who he considered to be a friend. Yep. If only he had remembered that humans need oxygen to breathe. Remember that time, Luke, where we killed the (laughs) Punisher's family? Yes. It reminded me of that. Same. And, uh, so, like, the next big arc is Tom Thumb has been trying to figure out a way to uh, rehabilitate criminals, and so he's come up with a mind device that will allow them to more or less reprogram people's minds so they can't do anything bad. And uh, Golden Archer, who has been in love with Lady Lark, and he's ready to finally confess his love to her and propose, and he finally gets around to doing it, and she turns him down. Just because of like all the stress that he's been under, and that she's been under, and she's finally had time to recollect her thoughts, and she doesn't love him anymore, or at least she's not ready at that point. And so he ends up reprogramming her mind at night, so she can't do anything except love him. Which is, is horrifying. Yeah. Golden you kind of a douche. Yeah. He, I, I would remove the kind of from that. Well, that's true. Yeah major douche and so he ends up covering it up but eventually they realize yeah no this shit is not cool and so he gets into a uh, big fight with Captain Hawk who at this time was Blue Eagle because Blue Eagle also sort of had a thing for Lady Lark but also he's got a thing against mind wiping people which is a totally reasonable thing to do yep so with the 
team more or less established, they end up trying to track down the biggest group of super villains who they have, the Institute of Evil, uh, which consists of Foxfire, Lamprey, uh, The Shape, uh, Dr. Decibel, and uh, Quagmire. And they force them and all... Apex. Oh yes, and Apex. Who is literally a gorilla in a Professor X-style flying wheelchair. Wait, no, no. It's not even flying. I thought it was like a wheelchair with like tank treads on it. Maybe, maybe. No one can be as cool as oh. Professor X with his flying wheelchair. I think uh, in the RPG they said that it could fly. I was looking up the uh, Squadron Supreme and they had all of the members in there. So, for the next holiday special, Devin. Oh, fuck, yeah. Uh, but they've been dropping off uh, copies of the mind-wiping machine at different prisons. And this is the point where Amphibian's like, nope, fuck this shit. Because you're literally destroying a person's identity if you're controlling their mind that way. And uh, they end up converting all of the members of the Institute of Evil into new Squadron Supreme members. Which, uh, this it's is... freaky and mind-wipey. Yep. Yeah. Not usually a good thing. And this is when Golden Archer is outed for mind-controlling Lady Lark. And the entire team has to put it up to a vote on whether they want to discipline him, behavior modify him, or expo- uh, or kick him out of the ranks. And they end up expelling him from the ranks. That's like, uh... Amphibian's still not really happy with it, so he destroys the hell out of the machines. And meanwhile, Nighthawk, who... Pretty much vanished after the first issue... Realizes that he's going to need help if he's going to be taken down the Squadron Supreme. So he goes to our buddy... Captain America! Because it turns out that Master Menace had ended up... Taking some villains from Earth-712 and putting them into the uh, main 616 universe. So he teams up with Captain America because uh, Professor Imam, who's the Doctor Fate type character, basically said, I'm going to send you to this world and you'll find allies there. And while he was expecting to find like Captain America and the Avengers who pretty much voted, no, we shouldn't really interfere with this sort of thing, uh, he's able to get some old villains who had escaped the world, like Pinball and Remnant. And they come back into the world, uh, ready to start forming a bigger plan to take down the squadron. Which must be, what is Pinball's power supposed to be? Yeah, I agree. Uh, he is... Well, I will open up the RPG book. Well, you see, Andrew, is a wizard, a Pinball wizard. No, that's got to be a trick. Well, maybe he is just a deaf, dumb, blind kid. But he yep. sure plays a mean pinball. Okay, so according to the... Oh. Ha! Pinball wasn't even important enough to uh, get an entry into the book. Oh, even better. Okay, so we'll just agree his superpower is fat. Well, no, I mean, one of the uh, powers that they have in the Marvel RPG is rolling around like a ball. Yeah, it's not a good power. 
He's like an even shittier version of the Blob, I guess. Well, he's more mobile than the Blob. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't stop the Blob. No one stops the Blob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Blob is useless against bowling pin, man. Ooh, it's true. Uh, so yeah, the next thing that happens is Master Menace ends up plucking the evil version of Hyperion from the Avengers issues that we covered last time and bringing him into the universe and is like, hey, so I've got this one plan going, but I'm not entirely sure how it's going to work out. So what I want you to do is replace the main Hyperion and I'm going to put him into a ghost universe. And he does that and uh, he ends up falling in love. Uh, he had previously been in love with Thundra, who he had run into. But now he's in love with Zarda, who he finds out is married to her husband from, like, who's now in his 70s. Because it's that whole, she's an immortal woman, he's a mortal guy. And so Hyperion's like, yeah, you know what, I, I want to get with that. She wants to get with me. I'm going to casually kill her husband so no one suspects it, because he's super old. That's when he pulls him down yeah. a flight of stairs. No, he breathes into his lungs and pretty much causes them to collapse. <laughs> and Zelda is super upset for like a whole panel. Well, it's like three minute or it's like three weeks pushed in. But eventually, uh, evil Hyperion decides that he doesn't want to go with Master Menace's plan. So he tries to destroy Master Menace. Master Menace goes into the ghost dimension himself. And with the good Hyperion's help, the two of them are able to escape uh, the evil dimension, and good Hyperion ends up killing evil Hyperion. Oh, not just killing, though. Laser beaming his goddamn face off. Hell yeah, he did. Yep. And, uh, so, like, the next big thing is Tom Thumb finally realizes that he has no way of actually curing all of the diseases, but you know who would have that cure? Ew. People in the future. <gasps> and uh, this is when he steals the cure from the Scarlet Centurion with help from Lamprey. But because he can't actually cure anything, uh, he decides to just freeze people so they don't die. And uh, That solves all of our problems. Exactly. Uh, with the idea being that eventually there will be a cure... So that's when everyone will get fixed. Gotta get frozen to cure that bonitis. And, uh... Yeah, so... There's some stuff with Quagmire who ends up killing himself uh, because he's in a super coma. And eventually, uh, we get to the point where there is there are new team members inducted into the Squadron Supreme who are all members of Nighthawk's evil team. So that's where we get, like, Redstone and Moonglow and uh, Inertia and Haywire. And uh, the Squadron had ended up debating whether or not they wanted to mind-wipe them as well. And they ultimately decided against it because they had not done anything wrong yet. And some of the other members are sort of getting disturbed by how that's the go-to response when it comes to dealing with these people. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the point where, like, the squadron goes over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also around this time, they had collected all of the guns, 
and given police non-lethal weapons, which, considering the week that we've been having and the year that we've been having, that is the one thing I'm like, Nighthawk, no, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, oh, we should let people decide whether or not they should keep their guns, because people are stupid sometimes. Yeah. And so eventually we get to the end of the first year, and Nighthawk and his team have been uh, kidnapping and unbrainwashing people with help from Master Menace. And so they're ready to launch their big assault as soon as the Squadron Supreme steps down to basically bring them to trial for the crimes that they've had against the country. And things do not go well. People die. People get. People lose each other. Luckily, uh, Arcana's baby does not die, which part of me is really expecting to happen. What's, what's his name? Oh, um, guy was Walking Dead. He wasn't writing this. That means. Oh, Kirkman. Yes, yeah. Kirkman. There we go. Yeah, Kirkman wasn't writing it. He's not going to die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they end with the team, uh, sort of being like, yeah, we, we really made a mess of things. We improved the country overall, and we were dealing with crime, and we at least restabilized the country, but maybe some of our methods weren't the best, which I, I have issues with that, uh, summation. Because it's like... Yeah, yeah, because I get that, like, the mind control stuff that's bad, but mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with, like, freezing people until cures can be found. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're willing to do it, and it's like they said, yeah. with the mind control, if people were willing to do it, they would be more than happy to do it. I mean, imagine if you could use mind control to get rid of some of your bad habits. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this, I kind of felt the same way with, um, with all of, like, with Civil War, basically, it was kind of like Tony Stark's type of whole deal. Mm-hmm. He had, like, good intentions and good ideas. He just had a really poor way of getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And it was also these, like, seven people making all of the decisions for the rest of the United States. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these seven people have no idea what it's like to be a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Except exactly. for Nighthawk, who left. Well, even Nighthawk, to be fair, he's, like... A multi-billionaire ex-president man who dresses up like a hawk. Yep. <laughs> a night hawk. Which, I mean, to be fair, is something we all do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, that's what I thought. So I was just like, that, that's, what do you mean not normal? That's very normal. Yeah. But, I mean, I really enjoyed the entire series overall. I was happy that I was able to pick it up for five bucks at uh, Buckeye Comic Con last weekend. Yeah, it's a good deal. Nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think it raises a lot of interesting points, and ironically, a lot of points that uh, Identity Crisis tried to bring in, like, should mind-wiping or mind-control be condoned? Uh, it dealt a lot with the separation between family and, uh, or it also dealt a lot with, uh, like, the separation of secret identities, because, like, what the Institute of Evil ended up doing that got them mind control in the first time is they kidnapped all of the families of the superheroes who they could find. Yeah, yeah. It causes a wizard just to completely lose his shit. Yep. So out of curiosity, who is each of your who is your favorite member of the Squadron Supreme? Like the original team and then 
if you had extra characters added in later. Because, I mean, I, I really liked Wizard. I, think I was going to say, I would also have to agree with Wizard. Yeah, yeah, what was his... Like, apart from his dubious costume choices, Wizard is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh... Like, as far as the new characters, I think Foxfire is probably my favorite. Because she ended up... Uh, like, when she got reverted, she still was dealing with a lot of feelings and questioning whether or not she would have reverted if she had the choice because she has enjoyed being a hero. See, I really liked Haywire and Inertia. Haywire yeah, with his... Like, a lot too. Haywire yeah, with like, his scribble powers. Like two fairly normal people. Mm-hmm. Who were just sort of pissed at... Powers. Yeah. I also enjoyed Nuke because reading about how he poisoned his family made me think about that great issue of Spider-Man where he poisons Mary Jane with his radioactive spider sperm. Sometime we will do the rain. Yep. Oh, well, that, that is a story. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a story, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this has definitely been a quicker episode. Let's get to the Trials of the Multiverse. Oh, so. wait, no, no. Oh. Surely, before we do, we have to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. The Incredible Swear Words. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Obviously, this is set back before comics are allowed to have actual swear words. Thanks, so Jessica stuff, Jones. Like, you yelling out, you sons of fishes. <laughs> I enjoyed them. It's also what I always loved about the 2099 universe, too, of, like, what the shock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Though, part of that 2099 is references to uh, Judge Dredd and that sort yeah. of future stuff. But it's a similar type of thing with the whole no swearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah are we yeah, ready you, to... You can do your thing now. Okay. Yes. I shall allow it. Good. And now it is time for Trials of the Multiverse. Uh, Boo. Okay. Boo. Boo? Was that a I boo? I, I, I was wooing. Oh. I was wooing. I said woo earns. No, you said boo earns. Okay. Uh, so, I definitely feel this is in a this is a top half series. Our current dividing line is uh, Ultron: New Fantastic Four. So, is it better than Ultron: New Fantastic Four? It is considerably. Okay, yes, is definitely top tier. Is it better than my Secret Wars shipping chart from the last episode? It is. I'll agree with that. Okay. Is it better than Magic Went Into the Ocean for 10 Minutes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep uh, jumping up in halves. Is it better than the Mojoverse? Yes. I would I would say it is. I, I'd agree with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Is it better than Space Punisher? Now we're starting to get into some Daisy territory. I think it's better than Space... Still say, yeah. Yeah, I'd still say yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is like, it... This was pretty much like the thing that came before Watchmen, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so right above that is Iron Doom Masada. Which... A randomly popular episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think putting it right above... Iron Doom Masada and right under Tony Stark's Sorcerer Supreme might be the right place for it. Yeah, that's a good place for it. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, got on that train. So our new number six is Earth 712 Squadron Supreme. And like the weird thing with Squadron Supreme is there have been a whole bunch of like Max series and stuff that take place in other alternate universes, so we may visit those in the future as well. Oh yeah. And then we got the new series coming out soon too. Yeah, where it's a bunch of remnant members of other squadrons supreme. Where someone dies in the first issue. Have you guys heard who? Nope. I have seen who. Is I it, have seen who. Is it Ponce? Is it Ponce? No. Who is it? It's, it's Namor. What? Because the Doctor Spectrum is the Doctor Spectrum from the New Avengers arc that Namor blows up his planet. <laughs> that rapscallion. He remembers. <laughs> that rapscallion. Yep. <sighs> well, Namor will be back soon enough. Namor looks out for number one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, next uh, week uh, on... Uh, next week on Multiverse of Q... We're going to be getting to the reason why we started covering the Squadron Supreme and Sinister as a new member joins Weapon X in The Exiles. And now, uh, don't forget, we have our contest going on where you could win a complete run of Mutant X, uh, Identity Wars, uh, a Kyle Latino variant sketch cover which... Uh, as much as I want to keep that cover, we should have some people entering this contest. And you know what? If we actually have more than three people enter the contest, I will add in this run of Squadron Supreme as a prize that you could potentially win. So remember to check out the website for those contest rules. And uh, you can find me on the Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And I'm also on The Stuff Podcast. You can find me at Fred Fett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And you can find me on thegeekshow.co.uk as part of Four Panel, literally loitering, and on the box. Yay, shilling. Uh, Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. You can find more of our stuff, including the image galleries that go up with every episode at MultiversalQ.com, along with links to our iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and more. We are hosted on Libsyn, and we will see you next week for another adventure of The Exiles. Peace. Peace. Peace.